Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You already cut this out this week, This week, a good old fast bash at Celtic Park sees the good guys leave Lazio hanging, battered and bruised until the next round. Then it's off to Vitorbi for a managerial masterclass as McInnes hangs his team out to dry. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tips. Welcome to this episode of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined this week on episode 195 with Stephen. What's happening? And Melly. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'd just like to draw your attention to... Three guys in this podcast, two of them didn't think Celtic would beat Lazio. Oh, oh that's yeah. right, yeah. I think I went for a draw last week, didn't I? I you said sure I would take did. it. First things first, Jamie. Yes. Let's draw your attention to something else. What? For six months we have sat here. Every time we're in here, looked up at that clock <laughs> and he has not bothered to change it because he knows it annoys us. I'd buy the hustle, Stephen, but we now have got the right time and the clock up here. It's good to see. It's great. Oh, things are changing about here, Stephen. Yeah, nature has uh, fixed the clock for us. Yeah, the clocks have gone forward or back, I can't remember, and fixed the clock in the studio so everyone now is aware of what time it really is and how long we've been sitting in this damn room. <laughs> I 28 minutes on the clock and we've recorded two minutes of content. Yeah. Lovely. First things first, a little bit of housekeeping as we look to our Patreon, which, Stephen, what is Patreon? Well, it's a subscription service that we offer, James. I'm glad you asked. Uh, what it is, is it's a support system for the podcast. If you like what we do, if you value what we do, basically it's an opportunity to support what we do, to, to keep the train rolling, to keep the lights on in the studio. And in exchange for that, we give you lots of golden content in return. To keep the clock ticking. <laughs> to keep the clock ticking, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, our Patreon is across two tiers. One is $2.50 because it's an American website. That's less than two quid. And one is $5. That's less than four quid yep, now, given yep. current exchange rate. Uh, on the last week on the Patreon, we had Rankin at the reserves. Um, Rankin is a bit of a roving reporter for yeah, us, Stephen. Right, yeah, um, covering the Colts games or Colts reserves, Celtic 11s. It's never one thing. For two games in a row, it's no. a bit haphazard. The old reserves, the, the, the reserve system is a bit yeah. haphazard. But what's not is his reporting no, of it. No, of course not. Um, no. It gives us an opportunity to hear how the reserves are performing. Yeah, um, th- this time it was uh, at the the hallowed turf of East End Park uh, for Dunfermline against Celtic. I think he saw him. Um, that's two weeks in a row. He saw Celtic internet celebrities. That's right, yeah. The last time he was there, he saw Celtic internet celebrity Paul the Tim. That's right, and, and this one, everyone knows it. Everyone knows who was at this game. It was Irish Mick, yeah. the one and only, selling his merch, I believe, as well. <laughs> fair play. Um, fair play to Irish Mick. Um, we also had Melly at the Match, which is our, well, partly an instant reaction podcast, but it's also your journey to Celtic Park. Yeah. 
or away from home with Martin Melee as your guide. That was the Lazio game, Melee. Yes, Stephen joined me as well. That's right. More more on that to come tonight. <laughs> instant, oh boy. Yeah, instant reaction. That was terrific. That was a terrific, <laughs> terrific episode of the of Melee the match. I like that it comes out immediately after the game. Yeah. Basically recorded at the game in Melly's car or walking back from the game. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Um but also the jewel in the crown for the, the Patreon landed this month. The O'Neill Years episode 5. That's correct. O'Neill Years episode 5 is with everyone as we speak. It has been released and it is a, a deep dive into the careers of two of Celtic's major signings from around September 2000. Namely, Didier Agat and Alan Thompson. It's not until you say September 2000 that you realise that that was nearly 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Horrible, I know. And we dropped a new pilot on the Patreon this week, Stephen. As you know, we're always on the hunt for good and interesting podcasts to put out on the Patreon. Uh, and this week we launched one that we've been talking about behind the scenes for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Brian um, got in touch with us and just gave us a wee pitch, really. He just fancied doing a podcast. Him and a couple of other guys wanted to do a podcast, see how it went. And we thought it sounded like quite a fun idea. So we've we've basically given them a platform on which to, to do it. And it's a, yeah, Mystic Tim's, it's a little bit of a look into Celtic's future using a, a very popular a video game, namely Football Manager. Yes, of course, yes. it's Football Manager. So they use Football Manager to, to simulate what's going to happen in Celtic's future. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, yeah, enjoy, I really enjoyed the podcast. Um, if you like the sound of any of this, um, any of the additional content that we've got to offer around Celtic and podcasting, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Loads coming this week as well, by the way, so keep yes. an eye out for that. Anyway, let's get to it. Sign up for that. Yes. Celtic 2, Lazio, the Huns of Rome 1. <laughs> um, first things first, Lazio fans. Probably the worst people ever to grace <laughs> yeah. Celtic Park. They're yeah. most certainly up there. They're, they've got competition for it right yeah. enough, but they certainly took that competition within their grasp <laughs> and really went for it. Marching uh, through the centre of yeah. Glasgow, giving it Nazi salutes. Ah, it's, it's unfortunate, isn't it? We, we expected it all along, but they basically lived up to the, the parodies of themselves at this point, <laughs> to be honest. Um, more on that to come. The of fans we've seen this week, the old cannons were out. Oh, <laughs> The good old Green Brigade, though, they, they didn't let their Lazio fans forget it. Firmly put in their place, and I really like the Mussolini banner. <laughs> <laughs> On that, right. I wasn't going to do this up front, but I wanted to talk about the game, but see this stuff that's been going around after the game? What, the, the abysmal press reporting? Yeah, well, see, see modern culture, right, where we're all supposed to take everyone's feelings into account, right? That's all good, right? But... I'm afraid it does not extend to the family of Benito Mussolini, <laughs> right? Stop this just now. I don't care what Benito uh, Mussolini's mental. granddaughter uh, thinks of the Celtic game or the Celtic displays. It's ridiculous. Why are we asking this woman, this, this ludicrous woman? It's that? what it's what happens when journalism now just relies on clicks. Yeah, if you're unaware of this, I don't see how you possibly could be. They've dug up Mussolini's granddaughter from somewhere to ask her opinion on the, the Green Brigade's display which was a picture of her her granda her pappy yes. hanging for his feet she's Mate, a notorious racist as well yeah yes she is um, the the Green Brigade didn't stage this picture they, were, they weren't <laughs> there when they hung Mussolini <laughs> from his feet they just showed it so I don't, I don't know why we're uh, we're accepting the opinion of this triggered old old racist <laughs> over in Italy. But uh, enough on that. Just let, let's talk about the game. But just no, I'm, I'm afraid not. I'm not accepting this woman's opinion on it. Just a final thing on the report, and I quite did enjoy Keith Jackson of the Daily Records' hot take on 
aren't the Green Brigade bad for stoking this all up? <laughs> Aye, those those right. are the ones you want to criticise. The yeah, guy, yeah. the guys <laughs> shouting down the fascists. <laughs> you could have written a column about anything. You could have written a column about marauding fascists through Glasgow City Centre yeah. and how Celtic were right to stand up to this in some small way. But no, you criticise the Green Brigade. <laughs> and on that, <laughs> Celtic lined up with two changes from the previous outing. Yeah, I think this is the third. Third game out of three in the Europa League, we've went in with the same starting lineup yeah. into these games. It seems to be the strongest lineup by the looks of it, and judging by the results, you can't really argue with that either. No, nothing was unexpected either. I think we both we all talked about it last Monday night about how El Hamid was definitely going to come in for Frimpong, mm. who is unavailable anyway. He's not coming in the squad. Melly and I touched on this on uh, Melly at the match before the game. Frimpong's got plenty of time to be yep. playing in these games. There's no necessity for him to be there just now, so we'll we'll put that in the back burner for now. El Hamid is exactly who you want in this in this game, and I'm sure we'll talk about his performance because I thought he was excellent. But I wasn't surprised in the slightest to see both him and Christie come back yeah. into the team. With Christie obviously comes off a domestic suspension, but he's still available available for these games. Lazio, on the other hand, Stephen, they had quite a few changes from their three-all draw with Atalanta. Yeah, we wondered about this going in as well, about how, not seriously, but how they would approach the game. I, I don't mean to say that how seriously they would take it. They're obviously taking it seriously, but if they maybe focus on the league a little bit, because prior to the game they were seventh, and they'll be looking to get back into top four and get in the Champions League for, in, in, their, uh, in next season, because I don't think they've been in it for a while. Uh, five changes, most notably leaving out the top scorer. Talked about him last week, Tiro Mobley. He was left on the bench. We saw him later on, but it's still a strong team oh. from Lazio. And, and I thought they were... As We spoke last week about how Lazio, they're not the team of old. They're not the team of the 90s. They're still a big name and all that. But you can say that sort of out of context when you just get to see them on the telly but up close, you're like, nah, they're, they're still a good team. They've still got some solid players in there. Led the line with Philippe Caicedo yeah, that's right. old man, man city and football manager legend yeah good player we, we, me and Stephen were going to the game I just we heard about the changes it was already reported that they were going to make a couple of changes but the players that came in were good players but on the way we just felt like they had the, the makings of a special one it just felt yeah. like it could be a special game it just felt it still feels like a special place it could just one of those special nights we get that last minute winner and stop saying the word yeah, special say, yeah. for sure say special more <laughs> I was there with a special man as well so <laughs> so it, it just had the the makings of an absolute classic one you're going to remember for the rest of your puff and boy did it live up to that you made your TV debut I did I was on TV in the, in the 93rd minute looking oh so tense as well I think Lazio had maybe been attacking for a bit of the last again we'll, we'll talk about it there was a few a few big chances for them at the end I think I was I was standing there looking like as if I'd seen a ghost on, on the telly it looked like a ghost I did enjoy though the old uh, Twitter cracks where uh. that provided me with a couple of uh, photoshops of me wearing a poppy and some <laughs> army medals. <laughs> I like the bummer someone put you in a Lee Rugby hoodie. <laughs> that was my favourite. Yeah. Um, worth at this point, Melly, uh, pointing out Celtic's starting formation because they did rejig things. Mm. Yeah, the usual 4-2-3-1, Lazio going 3-5-2, so it was interesting to see how Julian and I are lined up against the two strikers. It's usually only up against one. We sort of struggled at times in the first mm. half. As Stephen said, 
you sit down and think, oh, Lazio have made a couple of changes, we might be onto something here. Then you see how good they are at kicking a football and you go, <laughs> oh, no. But some yeah. of the play between them, the three in midfield, Lucas Levy, uh, Milinkovic, Savic, two players quite well known, but it was the captain, Parojo, who I was most impressed by. He was absolutely brilliant. The three of them in midfield, some of the one-touch passing. And they obviously came here, Italian team, free at the back they sat in and sort of hit us on the break when we did go and look the goal they eventually get they win the ball back blocking a Ryan Christie shot but within three passes they've scored yeah. and they did that multiple times they are so good just hitting you on that break the passing is is good to watch but obviously you're Celtic fan you're very tense but the free in midfield just dictated some of the time but Saying that, Celtic, they gave gave as good as they got as well. It's a great blend they've got in midfield because they have got the... He's not young, he's not a young player, but Milinkovic-Savic is one of the kind of emerging European talents. He's probably... He's been talked about for a couple of seasons now. He's been on the verge of one of those big moves, probably yeah. to an English team for in excess of 100 million. That'll probably still happen. But you've got him and then you've got the... Effectively, there Scott Brown, the guy who's been round the block a thousand times, Lucas Leva as well, who's again hundreds. Were linked to him. Well, that's right. Yeah, time. that's right. Um, hundreds of appearances for Liverpool. He's he's been there and done it all. So it's a it's a really good blend. Not to mention, and that's without mentioning their captain, the, the other yeah. side of them. So it's it was still a very capable team that Lazio put out despite the changes. the The first half, I thought. Celtic were doing really well. I thought they were excellent. They were I was really impressed with the way we, we started. Dominating territorial. They were getting into Lazio's half a good bit and pushing them back. But then at half time, after Lazio had scored, I thought, ah, but they were they were letting us do that. They were just like sucking us in and then they're just looking mm. at it on that break because sometimes Celtic's fullbacks can get drawn out of position, one in particular, right? Um Ball, yeah, well, ball and collie, right? Um, and that's exactly what they were looking for, and that's exactly what they got right at the end of the half. For just that sucker punch, not so much a sucker punch because it's clearly what they were playing for. But they're canny operators. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a yeah. phrase I used uh, on the night as well. But they know what they're doing. As Melly said, a typical Italian team. You could you could see them just soaking up, just pretty confident in what they were doing. I thought. They'd had a couple of opportunities to hit on the break in the first half, but didn't look all that impressive. And I remember thinking that about 15 seconds before they scored. <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were good, and what they were also good at as well was we were playing very, very well. I thought we were getting into good yeah. positions. Elianus said Forrest getting out of the way, Christy. But it just seemed to be that we touch up in quality with the defenders, just they got to take them on. Works in Scotland, but yeah, in yeah, a game right. like this, Lazio defenders just, I'll have that, thank you, and just <laughs> brush them aside, yeah. take the ball right off them. But we, we kept going at it. We didn't really, we get got into good positions, maybe making that wrong decision with the last pass, but we're getting ourselves into good positions. But as you said, they were willing us on. The, probably the, the best chance, saying all that, was the long-range strike from Christie that yeah. hit the post, but we didn't really create any clear-cut chances despite getting into the, the final third numerous times and that's just because they know exactly yeah, what they're it. doing. It wasn't clear-cut 
Um, as you say, it would, but Edward had a good chance in the first couple of minutes where Forrest got down the right and cut it across to them. And he, his first touch bought himself a wee bit of space, and then he was closed down by Bastos. Um, that's Bastos, not Bastost, the, the <laughs> that striker. Um, he did wearing shinies, that guy, didn't he? Aye, that's yes. what I can't wear, don't I? Um, but uh, not that many chances in the first half, most notably the, a cracker from Christie that, that kissed off the, just the outside of the post. Um, but it, it was just that, as I said, just that wee blow right on the kind of 40th minute or so. Just It, it seemed too a wee bit too easy for them, and we can talk about how it happened, but it just... Um, Do you think it was? I've watched it again, and Christie goes to strike, and it's blocked. It breaks to their player. One pass, two pass, three passes, the guy's, the guy's in. Yeah. So I don't know. The only thing I could maybe say is Scott Brown goes to close down a guy where he's got no real chance of doing yeah. it instead of maybe holding off and blocking off the space. But apart from that, it, Scott Brown was inside their half when he'd done yeah, that. And right. within three passes, they're inside our box. Ayer was the same. Ayer was caught between the guy with the ball and the runner because... Yeah. As I started talking about, Bolingoli had he was the furthest player forward by the time Lazio broke, so he was basically on the edge of their eighteen-yard box by the time they broke. He didn't get back in time. He didn't have any chance to get back in time because of the the quickness of their move. So Ayer was caught between two. Sitting it, between. it was a breakdown of communication yeah. because see when uh, see when you were watching it back, the guys bearing down on goal as you say, Melly Scott Brown closes down and when he probably shouldn't have but as you say it was in their own half the ball breaks and the guy's bearing down on goal and he's one on one with Ayer maybe a more experienced defender would commit you know because the guy's yeah. still the, the the option is still a long way for goal and as she says ball and goal he's out ball and goal he's miles off the pace but yeah. because he was so far up the pitch but one thing that happens is when you watch it back ball and goal he's telling Ayer I'm bearing down on the guy with the ball, so you make your decision. You right. go, you go to the guy that eventually scores the goal. Fell between two stools, I really. Yeah. But by the time he, he made the decision, he, he left himself having to chase the guy who was already clean through. It was a great ball, and he didn't. All he had to do was run onto it and finish it. It was a Smash tremendous finish. finish. Uh, I, I, I say like it, it, like it was easy. It's not easy to beat Fraser Foster from any angle, but to smash it in. Would you want to see Fraser Foster rushing that a wee bit coming out? Because he was a bit static. He was maybe four yards off his line. I think, Melly, you said at the game that you maybe thought he'd hesitated ever so slightly. And it's the, it's just those fine margins, that half a second. If you if you take a wee stutter step, the guy's already smashed it over your head. The guy's still got a lot of work to do, though. To oh, get yeah, it in the back yeah. of the net. To get it in the back yeah, of the net. As he's near post, but going at that pace, I don't think you can blame the keeper. Nah. I just thought maybe if he had to come out a bit more and spread himself. But I think it would have went past him anyway. It was, yeah. It's just one of those things that we can get it away with time and time again in Scotland. You're lucky if teams string free passes against us. Well, this team are f- through on goal after free passes. It, you don't like seeing it, but it, it was impressive to watch because that you're just thinking, like Stephen said, look, they don't deserve that, but that's exactly what they <laughs> all exactly, want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'd been peppering us with a jab and then over. Yep. Then, and here comes the overhand right. Um, I thought El Yunusi could have done a wee bit better prior to that because the chance that fell to him he hesitated this is immediately before they break so he a chance comes out to him and instead of letting it come across his body on his left foot and just smashing it he cuts back into his right and just plays himself straight into trouble and the ball bobbles off the defender's shins and is closed down really really frustrating me now yeah. the amount of players we have instead of taking an early shot with a left foot that will do it on the right foot we'll come on to the Aberdeen game later but the amount of times 
James Forrest yeah. is trying to get it on his right foot just take the shot on it you're always going to have more a chance scoring and taking that extra touch and trying to bend it in but we just don't seem to do it enough Elian was he didn't even have to take it early as I say he could have just let it roll across himself and he, he's probably in but he just hesitates cuts back in and he just gets closed down ball ball was off him as soon as they go 1-0 up but you do fear the worst because this is what they're, they're built for isn't oh, yeah, it? this I, is what they're exactly what an Italian team like Lazio are built for get, shut it down get, get yeah. in that lead and then just shut up shop and hit on the break and to be fair they did catch us on the break a couple of, couple of times in the second half but we kept going yeah. and 1-0 down at half time probably if they had went in even you, nobody would have complained but they got that goal and they set out their stall for the second half so it was up to Celtic to do something different because it wasn't really working uh, we came out in the second half and we kept it the same which I thought fair enough because I don't think we were doing too badly but the problem was Edward was isolated up there himself and we weren't really getting anything I had a wee look up at the clock and it was getting to 58 minutes and we hadn't got that chance where the crowd gets going you hadn't had that that one pass where it just gets away mm. or somebody had a shot or we got a chance or a corner to get the crowd going. I was like, the longer this goes on, the yeah. worse it's going to get. But to be fair, we did change it. I seen when we made the sub, brought off El Yunusi and brought on Rogic. We went 3-5-2, got Christie up beside uh, Edward around him, legs around him because he was getting no support. Rogic slotted into the midfield and we had Bolongoli and Forrest go to wing-backs. Hamid dropped into the back three, and it seemed to work instantly. There was They tried to take a free kick, and they messed it about, and we closed them down, we pressed them, because we had more bodies up, up higher, and it offered us the chance to press, and we got a wee break, and we nearly went through, and then we had a chance right after that, and that was it. That got the crowd yeah. going, and then, then it comes... Interesting to see Neil Lennon make the change mid-match. He's not afraid to mix things out up no. a wee bit. We discussed previously that um, on the first episode of the Tactics Board, the sort of differences between Neil Lennon yeah. and, and Brendan Rodgers. Um, and one of the words that Blair used was was Neil Lennon was more strategic. He, he'll adopt and adapt different lineups and formations to get different results from different yeah. games. And, and that's a sign of it there. You know, anyone that thought Neil Lennon was you know, a tactical dinosaur as such, you know, yeah. he... he that's something we never saw a lot of Brendan Rodgers doing, changing mid-game to affect a positive outcome. Particularly in Europe, we didn't get yeah. an awful lot of ad- adaption, adaptation. Ad- yeah. <laughs> we did in the qualifiers early on, but mm. not in the group games. But it seemed to work. It was almost instant because Edward picks up the ball, goes into the box and just lays it back. And Christy, who knows if they hadn't changed the formation, if he'd have been in that position, but he's just there to sweep it home. It was a great finish, good layoff. Great finish, and just when that goes in, you just felt the momentum change. We got the goal at exactly the right time, sixty-seven minute as well. That was it was clearly a great spot from Lennon because mm. what was happening was the defence of Lazio were very comfortable. Their Bastos Acerbi in particular all over having really quite comfortable games. Edward, it wasn't. It wasn't bad at all. Like it it no. was actually very good. Yeah. It was just he wasn't getting on the end of any chances and the defence were actually quite comfortable in dealing with just him. So in putting Christie up with them, that's when they started to get a wee bit panicky, their, their defence. And that is, it was obviously Lennon's instructions because, well, on two occasions, including for the goal, they were suddenly looking a little bit flustered, a little bit harried, playing around at the back. They were, they were forced into making needless errors by Christie's energy getting getting on top of them he won a couple of balls 
And then um, Bastos played himself into trouble a couple of times, and that's where the throw-in came from that, that led to the goal. It was it was it was a change of formation, but it wasn't necessarily a change in style because they were still direct, Melly. They were still aggressive. They were still pacey. They were still hunting down. Scott Brown seemed to make the most of it because I thought he had another terrific game in Europe. Yeah, Scott Brown was brilliant, and the change in formation helped us in an attacking sense, but it also helped us in defence as well. I thought because Correa and Casado up front. Casado wasn't the best, but he put himself about. But Korea caused his problems, and with our two centre halves up against the two strikers, like when they when they had the free at the back, they just had that extra man. So when we went to the back free, it gave us that wee bit more stability because they went through again. Edward goes to take a shot; he just is blocked, and again within three passes are through. Korea goes through and hits the post. We yeah, get a bit right. of luck there, and if that went in. It was game, set, match for them. And that as well, we thought, oh, maybe we're getting a bit of luck here. Then when we changed that formation, it just went for us. And Scott Brown, you said it, how long can he keep doing this? Yeah. And he just went out there. And that is three absolute quality centre midfielders against Lazio. And he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was the best player on the park. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's what I said about that midfield. That's, that's no joke. Despite the fact they've made changes, that midfield is absolutely solid. And I said before the game on Melly at the match, just before we walked to the stadium, that you know, this is a big test for Scott Brown because, yes, he's still playing very well, but... Another year on the clock here. Another year on the it's, on the it's, tiles. It's so mad it was, though. Yeah. It's mad to think about it. Place every game. You know, <laughs> and it, it just it never comes. We've been waiting, particularly on this podcast. We've been waiting for them to look at a place in a European game since about 2015, and it never comes. And that's a major test against Lazio in the midfield. They've got and it absolutely came through it. And it it's a te- I know. Yeah. And it's you know banging this old drum, but it's a testament to see how far Scott Brown's come because you know. During Ronnie Dial's time, people were looking at Scott Brown going, no, done. The, yeah. the guy's I, done. He would have admitted himself yeah. that he looked at you. It wasn't just the, like, his all-round play was brilliant. He it, it just seemed to pop up everywhere as soon as the brawl broke somewhere. He'd be there to sweep it up. But it's his, his footballing ability as well, it was just looked absolutely brilliant. He just seems to raise it on these sort of occasions. He just takes the ball in, simple pass out. There was one where a player was closing him down so he heads it down to a player moves round him and just receives it again yeah. and then starts everything off I was like, that guy like, if you're a Lazio fan you think he's a good player he's yeah. a good player and he was just absolutely everywhere just, I, I want to say rolling back the years but he was good last year he was yeah. good the year <laughs> yeah. before so he's just just continuing where he's uh, going on from Ro- rolling back the years is, a, is an inappropriate rolling phrase <laughs> thank you it's, it's an inappropriate phrase to use about Scott Brown because if you rolled back the years far enough he wouldn't be as good as he is yeah. now <laughs> I, don't yeah, you? I, so, I, you can only really roll back the clock to about 2017 to, to don't roll it back too far <laughs> yeah. well you touched on it Melly Celtic managed to clot back shortly oh. after the, the formation change by Neil Lennon it's a smash and go smash yeah. and go Edward this is what he does. He can drop off because Christie's up there supporting him, Rogic in behind as well. It meant he could drop off and he wasn't there wasn't nobody up there. So yeah. he drops off, gets into the box, and he just so again, so calm, just lays it to Christie and for Christie. He had one earlier on where he ballooned it over from a, a wee bit further out. Yeah. It wasn't as good a shot, but this one he just gets over the ball and just whips it away from the the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper was no joke either, so it's a great finish. I said on Melly the match, it was like a, 
not comparing them to David Beckham, obviously, but it's a Beckham-esque yeah, yeah. finish, the way he hits the ball, obviously, with his left foot. It was a smashing goal, and just after that, you could feel you could feel the momentum building. Well, prior to that, he did the chance just not long before that, where he just hit the keeper, but that was it was at that point that the crowd were, yeah. were lifted. It was the wee back heel from Edward, so those two are linking up constantly at this point. Edward back heels it into Christie, who has a slightly less impressive shot than he eventually mm. scores with but he hits the keeper but at this point Melly's right the, the crowd are, are suddenly back into it after a bit of a not flat but the, the game had taken a bit of a dip as, it was exactly what Lazio yeah, wanted as, yes exactly as Lazio looked to just close it out just shut it up shut up shop and just close it out as a competition they'd ma- managed to make the stadium have a bit of a dip for mm. maybe 15 minutes or so at the start of the second half um, and and this was the the crowd just springing back to life. We'll talk about when we come to the Aberdeen game, but you know, odds and Edward is getting better and better and better every <laughs> yeah. single week. And the sign of a player for me that's that's a top top class player is when they make things look easy. And odds and Edward is never phased, never fa- doesn't matter how many players are around him. He's it's like the game moves in slow motion for him. We've yeah. said this about him before. Because he's lazy though, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why he's slow motion. <laughs> it's, it, the game slows right down for Odds and Edward and he's been able to pick these passes. Some of the footwork as well on display in, in the Aberdeen game, he's just moving by guys like they don't exist anymore. Yeah. He's too good for this league, Melly. Yep, and lucky and he's too a... good for the Europa League as well. <laughs> he's, he's playing brilliant and uh, he's just... We're lucky to have him. Lucky to have him because it's guys like that, that wee bit of quality you need where some players maybe snatch at that and take their own shot. He looks up, sees Christie, perfectly off. And Christie, for a guy from today, is a one year ago since he scored the goal at Murrayfield that sort of propelled his Celtic career. Right, yeah. For him, from if you'd have said to him this time last year, look, mate, you're going to be scoring Celtic's main player up there with Edward nobody would believe you but the, the rise of the guy within a year has been absolutely incredible and he's scoring goals on the big stage as well six as European goals that is that's his sixth of the season for and just in Europe alone <laughs> absolutely unbelievable his 50th career goal that is, is and that? most of that has been in the last two seasons what was it but I think it's 12 so far this season and about uh, 11 goals last season so basically 23 in his last two basically half of his career goals have come in the last year unbelievable um, I'm just going to give you some names. Brian Mbwemo, Nabil Alioli. Are, no. are these real names? Oh, they're, they're real names, <laughs> right. yes. And Munir Chuwaya. Chuwar. <laughs> right. I assure you yeah, these okay. names are real. It's my pronunciation. Table. These are the current three strikers uh, in the French under-20s team. Now, if you're looking for a replacement for Odds and Edward... <laughs> We need to go back fishing there. Yeah, absolutely. D- don't. They're rotten. Are they? <laughs> absolutely rotten. I just checked their stats out. Not <laughs> worth looking at at all. So if that was your plan B, Nicky, find another one. Plan B, Io. <laughs> <laughs> On nights like this, you need a bit of everything. You need quality play. You need a bit of luck. And you need your strikers and attacking players to be on form. But you also need your goalkeeper to be on form. Now we had... Lazio went down the right-hand side again, something they seem to do quite a lot. I think they may have targeted that because they were getting a lot of space. Yeah. Ball gets cut back. Julian slips. Yes. Mm. And Parolo is there. He thinks, hit it home, but no. Le Grand Muriel is there <laughs> to save it. So and many dodgy pronunciations <laughs> this week. God, we're butchering everything. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> it was another great save from him and it can come on to the save later on in the game, but this one was brilliant as well. Yeah. It's just, if they get that goal, that's it for us, probably, isn't it? It's just 
game yeah. set match that's all sit in and they're done it was just one of those instinctive blocks where he just makes himself massive and does Scott Bain save that has he got the presence to do that I don't think so these are the games you brought Fraser Foster in for and it just paid off so much he was absolutely he's just solid a the, presence the, these are the games Stephen that, that Fraser Foster lives for he says after the match that he was choking back the tears he was so but, but no wonder because he, he must have been doubting himself it must be difficult for a footballer who you only your, your entire career you only exist to play football and yeah. Fraser Foster wasn't playing any football to get back on this stage and pull out performances like this you know for Neil Lent to have the faith in the guy to do it yeah. and he must be he must be Fraser Foster must be so proud of himself going thank fuck because he must have doubted himself oh, he must yeah. have and at the time at the time Fraser Foster came back to Celtic um, in fact I was on holiday at the time and I came back and I was like well, you're joking Fraser Foster <laughs> but, um, I remember thinking I wasn't against it at all um, but I remember thinking mm, I, I don't know about this are we trying to Recapture old glories here. Getting the old band back together. Getting the band, old band back together. Is Fraser Foster necessarily in the best place in his career to be coming back to Celtic? But completely wrong. Um, the, the guy is, has been sensational since he came back, and none more so, none really ever more so than than on this occasion against Lazio. I was absolutely unbelievable, and the save at the end will. I'll grab the headlines but Melly's right this one was absolutely unbelievable as well it's something actually um, Lennon deserves credit for as well for plugging the gaps that were occurring in Celtics it wasn't yeah. just going forward yeah. that the, the change of formation helped with it suddenly became more solid at the back as well with the, the switch in formation Bowling goalie has his strengths but a, a big weakness is he's potentially fatally like poor getting back at your position aye, especially when you've yeah. got him playing, playing wing back and, yeah. and, and, as part of a 3-5-2 but I thought when you says that Lennon deserved credit I thought you meant he deserved credit for bringing Fraser Foster back because he does no, yeah, yeah, because, 100%, because yeah, Craig Gordon and Scott Bain we were saying you know there was a debate whether or not we even needed another keeper yeah, you know and, yeah. and another manager might have looked at that position and gone nah, I'm quite happy with that they can stay whereas Neil Lennon came in and went those two guys aren't good enough for me yeah they're just Decent not his enough, type of keeper yeah. not my type of keeper I want to bring big Fraz back, and and it's it's paid off. Yeah, it's important to because you would never you wouldn't have Craig Gordon or Scott being in goal again. No, no, no there's no, no debate. No. But it's important that you don't just look at your team and go right. We need a centre half. We need a left back. So we can't do anything else until we've got those positions. Because yeah. if see if you can get a good keeper when he's available, get him in. And as you said, Jamie, the three five two formation helped us settle, helped us deal with their two strikers as well because they brought on a mobile to go up front with Correa hmm. and El Hamid, who I thought was absolutely outstanding oh. at right back, brilliant when he went into the centre half. What a signing he's been as well. Do do that hand, cheers for that. <laughs> but uh, he went off and Beaton came on and he slotted in there as well. But it just helped the back three sorted out with the strikers and it James Forrest wasn't having a good game, but it just helped his game. He was going one-on-one with their wing-back, which left him more space. And Bowling Goalie, as you said, he's not the best defender, so it gave him that bit more freedom. But I thought he'd done his job pretty well in there. And uh, what I see a bit more from going forward, as in when he gets the ball, yeah. he take on players and go, go on the outside instead of cutting in. But I thought he'd done all right. But it just the formation change really, really helped us. And I wonder, going to the return game when we go over there if we'll start with that formation I think we will yeah Bowling Goalie is not a bad defender one on one or when he's asked to make like defensive duels as they call it these days but it's it's just a positional thing really yeah. it's just it, it can be potentially as I say potentially fatal against these teams also he's, he's quite adept at just passing the ball out the field 
You know, right, he, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, 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 you're watching it, and a lot of the times you're thinking, right, this guy's on a game here. Then just as a brain fart, and we'll <laughs> pat, you know, he done it. He done it against Aberdeen, what we'll talk about. And he done it a few times in this game. Just like, mate, uh, he, he put in some shift, and he is. He's getting better on the ball all all the time. The odd the odd laps in passing, of course. But it's just as I say, the, my one criticism would be the the positional thing. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Forrest there, Melly. He didn't have a good game. Neither really did El Yunusi, but. I thought the two of them did make... They worked hard. Yeah, if if not major contributions, at least teller ones. I remember El Yunusi get booked for a, a professional foul in the middle of the park. He just pulled back Lever just as they were about to break. And I just, well, that, that's an important contribution. Yeah. It, you've taken one for the team there. So if that's the only thing you do all night before you get subbed, then f- fine. Yeah, fair enough. Three minutes to go. There are thereabouts of regulation time. Scott Brown has a shot. Yep. Takes a deflection, goes out for a corner. What are you thinking at this point? Because you think, oh, Celtic don't really score for corners. Well, you'd wonder why you'd think that, and then if you watch Celtic, you'd see, but in this game in particular, Stephen, <laughs> we were nearly jabbing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Calum, uh, Ryan Christie goes to take a corner. Now, I think Cal McGregor comes out beside him, which means two Lazio players come out. So one Lazio player stands in front of Ryan Christie. Yep, right regu- regulation 10 yards away, yeah. just... Just to give him a wee block. Now, nobody ever hits him. Brian Christie did. <laughs> Fine, he finds him with pinpoint accuracy. <laughs> so he didn't make it into the 18-yard box with that one. So from the resultant corner, because it hits off him, we give it to Cal McGregor, who turns round and balloons it to the far post. Punts it straight out the other side of the pitch. Everyone. Just to be clear, you were talking about the previous corners yes, in this yeah. game. Yes, so then we get to the big one. And as I said, on these nights, you need a bit of quality. And Ryan Christie has not put in a cross like this in his <laughs> no. perfect Celtic. But this is absolutely, I'm going to use it, delicious. <laughs> right on the money. And who's there for his first goal? Now, Stephen, I was saying to you on the way home, I couldn't remember the goal it reminded me of. But remember, there was a game at Ibrooks, Pierre Van Hoydonk up like a salmon. Heads it past Andy Gorham. It's in the other side. The I think f- it's across from the other side. The, the full three- body arch, yep. isn't it? Yeah. Body, head goes, neck, right the gullet, right in it. <laughs> and Julian, <laughs> oh, it's one of those goals that it came up my screen time that I have my Twitter things went up like 40% this week because every time that goal comes up, I watch it every single time because <laughs> it just gets me right in the feels. I get wee goosebumps. <laughs> it's one of those goals I'm going to remember for the rest of my puff because the feeling after it was absolutely amazing. It- Ryan Christie used all of his crossing ability to cross that ball in. Melly used all of his vocabulary to describe the goal. <laughs> and Big Julien used every single inch of that six foot, whatever he's got, to yeah. get right up there and stick that in the back of the net. It seemed effortless as well. He just he just glanced it perfectly. Where that ball ended up was exactly where Julian planned to put that header. Yeah. It's not as if he just got up and in a, a, a rock of players managed to get a wee glance on it. He just leapt up and just prodded it, just placed it into that bottom corner. Now, the corner itself, as Melly said, we were joking before Chris even took it. What's the point of this? You'd be sure just punting it straight back to Foster and starting again. But but then, as I said on Melly the match as well, when the ball was in the air, I just sort of grabbed Melly's back and started shrieking at the top of my voice, <laughs> it's better, it's better! And then and then Julian got in the end. <laughs> and then, obviously, the, the crowd go absolutely nuts. Yeah. The guy that going, guy. Aye, that guy who went arse over tit. <laughs> yeah, my favourite tweet about that, I think it was the Shamrock magazine, said that he had actually fallen down the secret tunnel between Celtic Park and the Vatican. Oh. <laughs> so he's going to arrive in Rome two weeks early. <laughs> <laughs> it 
it's again, as I said, it's a special night, but just when Lazio went ahead, and as Billy McNeil said, it's a special club, going 1-0 down against an Italian team, and you come back, and you score 67th and Seven. 88, I'll get that. It's just, it felt like one of those nights where you're like, this, this is brilliant, and look, Lazio maybe thought they weren't as good as they were, but they proved they are a really, really good team, and Celtic matched them, but I don't even think we played that brilliantly. We just, everybody no. gave everything. I couldn't really complain about anybody's maybe performance but not their effort no. everybody gave absolutely everything they had and look 2-1 we needed a bit of everything we needed the luck we needed the saves we needed the quality delivery and we got it all in the night and it was an absolutely to get that goal that late and it wasn't playing sailing after that no, no. You, you could start to dream after that went in yeah, there, there were players that it didn't work out for on the night, yeah. that fought, such as Forrest and El Yunusi, but you're right, it wasn't lack of effort, it wasn't lack of uh, application on the night, you couldn't fault anyone for that. Forrest just had one of those nights where a couple of things didn't go right for him and from that point it started to go worse, but he did contribute defensively, he, he ran the ball at a play a couple of times and it was maybe just, just one of those nights for him, but again, can't fault anyone on the pitch for their, for their application and getting that job done. And what what a night! It's like the one one of the best European games I've ever been to that I can remember. Maybe just a wee bit of recency bias in yeah. there, but it was absolutely brilliant. It's the the manner of the win, the and we've still got more to come. We've still got more incidents yep. to come, but I'm just talking about the manner of the win, getting that that second goal, the standard of the opposition, the type of opposition as well, the type of opposition fans, what has come since <laughs> with uh, somebody's granddaughter. Um, it, it just makes it all. All the sweeter. It, it was an absolutely terrific night. Before Brown took that shot that led to the corner, it was another example of Lazio playing themselves into trouble. The Celtic had advanced on them, and they got a goal kick, and the keeper took it really quickly. They took a really needlessly quick goal kick and immediately get into trouble. Lost the ball on everything. It was Bastos again. Bastos had a an up and down night. He defended quite well at times, but then it was mainly him that Celtic were pressing into trouble. Could have been sent off as well, having watched it back. It could have been sent off. Yeah. I didn't see it at the McGregor. game. He, yeah. he, he yeah. raked one right in the back of uh, McGregor's calf. So he could have gone for that. But he got himself into trouble again, and that's what led to, to Scott Brown's shot. So it was something that Neil Lennon, again, I just find myself saying it, deserves a lot of credit for changing the game and, and, and the approach at that point. We mentioned them before. Um, he had a great save earlier on in the match, but I don't think there's any doubt that this is save of the game. Um, save of the century. Save of the... Oh, save of the century. <laughs> um, the ball spins out to Cataldi. Sits up really nice for him. Cracks it with a plomb. A, a, an absolutely beautiful strike. Sweet as a nut. Sweet like Tropicana. Yes, in the words of Dizzy Rascal. <laughs> yeah. um, and that save for Fraser Foster, Stephen. was bonkers. Oh, well done. Well <laughs> done, Ali. <laughs> oh, I... Stunning, absolutely stunning. It was incredible at the game, and and if anything, it's get even better the more angles you see of it. Some angles have come out since the you know, Celtic are good with this, yeah, unique angle that yes. they've got for Celtic TV, and that's that's even better. It's important to acknowledge the strength of that shot because this is what, the ninety fourth minute. Eventually, yeah. just got approaching ninety four on the clock, and that is flying into the top corner. Fraser Foster has not pulled off not just pulled off an incredible save he has denied one of the great goals like that would have been an absolutely yeah. stunning end to that game and it, well it was uh, but just in regard to goals there but what a save as I said earlier I questioned it a wee bit wasn't against it I questioned the return of Fraser Foster but 
the phrase you used after the game earlier was you get what you pay for. Yeah. And that, that Fraser Foster is a, a big time keeper pulling off big time saves. That it was priceless. It was yeah. just as just as worthy as a goal. It was up there with the greatest saves ever. And look, see if Fraser Foster doesn't move and that goes past him. Not one person looks exactly. at the keeper yeah. for that. Exactly. He made a save that he had absolutely no right to save. When Julian scores and he rips up his top as if he's doing the Superman, <laughs> that's exactly what that was like. Yeah, the, yeah. To get himself up to that shot, but to also have the strength of the, and, yeah, and his wrist, wrist that right. it doesn't go past him anyway. The old wanking claw was good there. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was more like full time. And, and on the full time whistle, we'd sort of mentioned it earlier on Fraser Foster just burst of emotion he was the greeting but he, he was absolutely delighted that and everyone was around him and well that's it just shows you how important the save was games like that maybe players run to the goal scorer but everybody just turned to Foster and everybody went up individually to congratulate yeah. him and another thing when Julian got the goal you obviously see the replays after the game and that but just to see the bench going absolutely nuts mm. like the subs that had came off all look knackered but they were all going nuts yeah. everybody was in this together and it just feels like this team Neil Lennon said it after the game look it was a good performance but um, we're not where we want to be with this team there's more to come from this team That's right. and you can see that to be, to think that well, 7 points out of 9 having had really tough games so far in this Europa League to beat a team like Lazio to beat Cluj after they beat us to go away to Ren. we've looked really good in every single game we've played in and I think this was probably the least good we've played out of the three games. The yeah, other two performances right, yeah, were yeah, probably better, right. but this is the best result. And what a way to get it with a late goal and that save. Just That's just as good as the goal. Delighted for Foster as well. I'm absolutely chuffed to bits for the big man. There has been suggestions in the last few days that Whaley was at Southampton. He'd, he'd maybe had one or two personal problems. That I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on that because I don't know enough about it. But either way, I'm I'm absolutely over the moon. Cock a hoop for the guy to be back up here and and doing what he does best. Simmer down with your praise, Stephen, because one day later, Southampton bagged nine <laughs> goals against yeah. him, and we have, we've got their keeper, and he's got a recall in oh, January. Dear, oh so, That's right. if your keeper's shipping nine goals against Brendy's team, after all, isn't mm. it? Well, uh, better watch yourselves. We have uh, the Tactics Board, our, our monthly tactics podcast for patrons coming up this week. Uh, and we're actually going to take, Stephen Melly a deep dive into this game, analyse this match from a tactical perspective. Yeah, um, and also the, the Aberdeen game, we'll be looking at that. And we'll be taking some of your, your, your patrons' questions. Two games, interesting for very different reasons from a tactical perspective. Uh, myself and resident tactics expert Blair uh, will be looking into those. Tactics beak. Blair Newman. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've spoken a lot about Fraser Foster there, and we're going to move into the next game using that because the last time Fraser Foster played at Pataudry prior to this weekend was 25th of February 2014, and Celtic lost that day 2-1, uh, including a goal, a screamer from a certain Johnny Hayes. Oh, um, yeah, really? he, he scored oh. an absolute rasper, and it was the goal that ended Fraser Foster's. Do you remember that ridiculous run he was on? It was 1,255 minutes without conceding a league goal. Johnny Hayes smashed it. That was the last time he played at Petordry. Uh, and that's why Neil Lennon keeps packing him, trusted yeah. Lieutenant <laughs> Johnny Hayes. That was a game Van Dyke was sent off after 13 minutes after being played into trouble by good old Effie. He comes, oh. up, <laughs> he comes up time and again on this podcast. Listen, that if you couldn't a... handle Effie's worst, then you did not deserve <laughs> him at his best. That was our first loss of the season. We were going invincible up to that point, and... Uh... 
or 10 men after 13 minutes against the second team in the league. That's where it all came unstuck. It was That's a midweek right. game as well. Yeah. Speaking of FA, the scorers for Celtic against Aberdeen this weekend. Edward, right. Frimpong, Forrest, Elianusi. A tribute to FA there. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder where you were going with that. <laughs> um, back to league business, back to the league lineup with two changes. Frimpong came in and so did Tom Rogic because Christie is still serving yeah. his suspension. This game, uh, we discussed, we're going to be discussing this on the Tactics podcast, being very different from um, the Lazio game. This game was a masterclass um, in bad man marking, as far as I'm concerned, because the way Celtic set up to play and the way Aberdeen decided to try and stop them to play, very evidently, was not working from the first minute, Melly. Nope, I was, uh, I was obviously worried. It's about the first minute, it's not been working since about 2012 <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> it gets took over. Yeah, I remember saying it on the podcast before, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Now, Derek McInnes, since Brendan Rodgers came in, what was that, four years ago, has tried this man-marking system against Celtic where he just matches up and tries to man-mark and it doesn't work. He's beat Celtic once in that time and that was in the final game of the season after we'd won the league and we were happy to lose because it meant the Huns finished third. <laughs> now, this guy tries this time and time again but he's never had joy with it and I mm. don't get it. He tried it this week with two fullbacks in midfield. They, they ha- they're obviously forced at that because they've yeah. got a lot of injuries but to go into this game and play that way against Celtic and Celtic knew they were going to do it because Neil Lennon said it after the game Julian and Aya had so much space because they man mark. They mm. try and follow players about. And what does that mean? Your centre half has all the time in the world because Sam Cosgrove is trying to close down the other one. And they just drift into this space, yeah. which means you just open up the pitch. And what Celtic do is the wide players get wide and high, the midfielders spread out and just leave these massive gaps every single time, which means you've got a man over every time. Celtic just find them at the free man and play for there and we just went through the middle of them time and time again got it out wide and it was simple I don't know why I was worried the first goal was great second goal was great and then after every goal after that I just burst out laughing because it was so <laughs> simple it was unbelievable we're in the group chat with the history boys and that and I was just watching the game we're going to score in the next 5-10 minutes yep. and we did we scored the third goal it, it was so easy to see it was unbelievable Celtic I don't I don't put a coupon on very often but I was sitting in the house hungover watching this game I was at a wedding on the Saturday night I thought I'll stick on a coupon and see what happens and I was like I'm just going to put on something wild like 3-0 Celtic Celtic were this week's coupon bursting bastards <laughs> um, yeah. because they had to go and score 4 Open the scoring within 10 minutes. Melanie says, you know, Aberdeen went for this man marking system. I don't think Stephen they told Mikey Devlin um, oh, God, because it, it was a mess, but because they were man marking, some were pressing, some weren't. They were all over the place, absolutely all over because the place. Because Mike, Mikey Devlin, the throw in comes out, I think it was Frimpong that takes the throw in to Edward. Mikey Devlin's man. Is, is Edward maybe in that position maybe that's what he's been told when Edward drops deep you pick him up but Edward just runs around in a half circle and Mikey Devlin immediately forgets <laughs> where he's supposed to be standing yeah. Edward makes a beeline for the goal Mikey Devlin kind of catches up with him the defenders don't do anything we can talk about Scott McKenna the 6, 7, 10 million pound man in a minute because see if Aberdeen got offered 10 million pound for Scott McKenna last summer they should have taken it God. because no one's, take, no one's offering them that now Edward bearing down on goal Cool and cool, sticks in the back of the net. 
It was a, an absolutely great goal. My favourite touch in the build-up to that was the second one. Now, the dribble at the end and the finish are brilliant, but there's a great second touch which just takes him away from Devlin. It's almost like he shows him the ball and then shoves it away from him and Devlin just forget, <laughs> forgets what he's doing. Before we, we talk about these goals, though, right? I know they all, they all I came in the first half. want to talk about the goals, though. <laughs> they, they all came in the first half, which is bitterly disappointing. I remember complaining about this was it last season quite a lot under Rodgers. Celtic would quite often threaten to absolutely drill a team as if they were going to just rack up like record-breaking numbers and then take the foot off the gas in the second half, leaving me fuming. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it all happened in the first half. But y'all know me, right? Y'all know the TMT. Whenever we talk about forthcoming opponents, whenever we do things like previews, whether they're on the end of a, a Monday night podcast or, or a dedicated Patreon podcast, I, I give respect to our, our, our opponents. I, I don't like to talk down about Scottish teams. I like to you know, talk up where I can. I, I always focus on their strengths. I thought, well, they've got this guy scoring goals. He could cause problems. They've actually drawn a couple of the last you games. You want to do the right thing. Yeah, I, I, I always do that. But Aberdeen are legitimately pathetic. <laughs> and, and I don't use that word lightly. They were diabolical in that game. And it was, I, I agree with Melly, it was laughable at times. Derek McKenna said after the game that he, he feels like his his team should be an extension of him. And there's your first mistake. What's <laughs> better? They, they should be an extension of someone better. Why, do, why, do they tell, why doesn't he tell them that? Be, yeah, be an I, extension of someone I, good. So he wanted the team to have personality. I don't know where that's going to get. A right good laugh. A right good laugh in the dressing room. Character as well. Yeah, character. So I, I, as I said, I, I heard him say that, and my immediate reaction was, "There, there's your first mistake. Try to make the team anything like you." But he's just know. passing the buck there because yeah. it was his tactics that left him yeah, woefully yeah. exposed. Now you can say, "I want my players to show more character, more personality," but you left you put them out there on a hiding. <laughs> you if you had them in two banks of four shutting up shop, plugging the gaps, but you didn't. You had them dragged all over the pitch, leaving good footballers space to run into every time. Mental. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's like it's like five or sides tactics in it. Yeah. Everybody just pick a man, follow him <laughs> a bit, and, and whoever whenever the the first second the, the minute somebody leaves their man, the, the other team scores. That's that's and exactly then everyone what turns to them and goes, oh, come just on. follow your man <laughs> <laughs> So, aye, so if that's um, if that's what they're teaching in coaching courses these days, do what you do at fives and be an extension of Derek McInnes, <laughs> then I, um, I, I worry. Um, but the Celtic were very good. I mean, take nothing away from Celtic. They they get the job done. They were absolutely sensational. That scintillating stuff in the first half, at least, playing some absolutely great stuff. And the quality of the goals was second to none. Um, Aberdeen might have made it fairly easy at times, but... That, take nothing away from the quality of Celtic's goals the first one as we started coming on to there Edwards again something you said earlier Jamie he's too good for this league and, oh, and, and it's he's it's playing becoming, with a cheat code or something <laughs> it's becoming apparent an absolutely brilliant goal the first two goals I think we, we sort of see Neil Lennon's style of play coming in a bit more because it's a throw in but as soon as we get mm. the ball from a throw in it's get it towards the goal and I'm not mean punt it but it's turn and go whereas Maybe with Rodgers, it's receive the throw in, pass it back, go to the centre half, go out the other side. It's yeah. not, it's turn, get at them, one, two with Forrest, bang, into the box. He finishes it. Second goal, Julian, lovely pass right down the right hand side. Frimpong gets away from his man, cuts in, plays it to Edward and Jamie, you said it, continues his run, yeah. gets in there, 
makes a run, gets into the box and gets the lucky deserves and scores. And if you're picking a guy, you want to score. It's wee <laughs> Frimmy, man. The, guy, the happiest wee guy out and he was absolutely flying. But uh, that's what I love about this team. We've seen, I think it was two years ago, it was the anniversary a couple of, a day or so ago, we beat Aberdeen 3-0 with Dembele, Tierney and Boyata scoring. That was my favourite performance that season. We absolutely trounced them. This first half performance was better than that and yeah. possibly better than anything Rodgers done against yeah, yeah. Aberdeen or any other team in the league. We absolutely ripped them apart and we, we looked like we could score at will. Aye. Now, Aberdeen played a massive part in that, <laughs> but Celtic's direct play and going at them, going right for that juggy, that's what I want, the jugular, <laughs> and we were brilliant. We just shredded them time and time again. Just on Frimpong's goal before we move away from that, I, I was delighted to see that he definitely got it because it, yeah, it, it needed the magnifying. I was going to say <laughs> it would have gone to Scottish football's version of VAR, which is Craig Levine's office. Uh, I'm glad that he definitely got the touch. It bounced off his knee, went under the keeper, and then he followed it in because it bounced off absolutely everything on the way through to him. But uh, I was absolutely chuffed to bits again. Cock a hoop for the young lad. Point of order, um, Mikey Devlin. Man marking Edward again as, <laughs> as if he wasn't there. Um, and McKenna and Shea Logan conspired to let a child, because that's what Frimpong is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. McKenna's a big lad. I think someone put in the group chat, he's just the biggest boy at school. I, that, I yeah. said that. I think that that's, I think I'm starting to come to the decision that. I remember it's even um, said that we're linked with Scott McKenna. Again, I'm I'm the idiot. I'm actually quite positive about these things. I why not? See if Rogers wants him. That's good enough for me. Let's get let's get him signed up. But the guy is a a do. Yeah, he's an absolute giant pigeon. But um, <laughs> and that's why I said in the group chat. I was like, he has just clearly been the biggest boy in his school, and yeah. that's what the scout has spotted. Now he's just a big lad. So we can add the football and bits later, and we're still. Attempting that, I think. Big as he might be, he had his pocket picked by a child. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we for him, he managed to pop that in the back of the net. And as you said, me, like wheeled away with absolute delight. He was buzzing, the arms and legs were flailing. He jumped into Edward's, Edward's arms. Um, he just, he loves, he obviously loves playing football. Um, and, I, I, and I really love what Neil Lennon's doing with him. Like yeah. we said last last. Wasn't last week? Was it last it was week? Last week, yeah. Yeah, when Neil Lennon says, "I don't know why I'm holding holding him back." He's a he's a good player. Go and play. I don't know what it means for Bauer. Don't really care. Um, but I, I mean, more credit, more credit to him. And the more I see a Frimpong, I just think he's going to get better and better. Yeah, and look, this is a game where you go Aberdeen away. That could be a big physical game. They'll obviously just put Cosgrove out on him, try and take him out. He didn't look flustered in the slightest. He, he's pretty strong on the ball. But getting forward, he didn't give them a chance to attack them because we just pressed them back and he was up and down that wing all day. And look, he's had first game he gets man of the match, second game probably he could get man of the match as well yeah. if Edward hadn't yeah, got a couple of goals. But this game again, to get his first goal, everything's going right for him. He's just, he deserves it but because he's doing everything right and he's quite mature his interview after the game. He said, look, I'm, Buzzing I'm in, but mature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the first team. I can't play like a kid anymore. I have yeah, to play with right. the head screwed on. And he does that because he doesn't fly forward and then just forget everything yeah. behind him. He he's very smart in that way. So it's just great to see him. And the wee guy smile. I had a Kieran Tierney shaped hole in my heart, but <laughs> Mister Frimpong is just wheeling his way in there to cover that up. Well, on Bauer, uh, I think what we do with him is if you were lining up the right backs at the end of the season, Lennon's going to just say to them. No, Frimpong, you're not going to lose your job. <laughs> El Hamid, you're not going to lose your job. Bauer, you know. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just really happy with the way Frimpong's been used because, again, it, as as we said, like Lennon, it just doesn't feel like holding him back for yeah. now, and it'd be the easiest thing in the world to just play Bauer away to Aberdeen, which is, you know, supposedly one of your trickiest <laughs> away fixtures, which it most certainly is not. But I'm, I'm just, I'm really glad to to see him in there. Um, something else that I meant to mention actually during the the Lazio game, I, I'm just, I'm really happy with how like honest. Neil Lennon has been about these things he, he just admits that there's no point in holding this boy yeah. back and he said about El Hamid as well during the week there uh, I'm waiting to see what the catch is with this guy yeah. because I can't believe we've got him for like 1.6 million pounds or something I'm starting to wonder if the catch with El Hamid is that he's a little bit injury prone a little bit injury prone but I can't, I'm not that bothered about it just now but I just I'm really enjoying just how how giddy Neil Lennon just seems with his players just yeah. now. It's really encouraging to see. It's the, he, Neil Lennon is a very... He, he strikes me as a very straightforward manager. A very yeah. straightforward... I mean, I'm not saying he's stupid, but what I mean no, is no. he's very honest with us a lot of the time and he's probably very honest with his players as well. Yeah, good. Whereas, uh, which is a direct contrast to Brendan Rodgers, who was <laughs> a notorious bullshitter. <laughs> um, so it's great to see. The third goal. One for the ages, this one. Pick, pick of the goals for me. I counted up 13 passes before it ended up in the back of the net. Lenny this is Ball. What, this is Lenny Ball, but this is also one that Denny McInnes is watching at the side of the pitch going, I think I, I think I've made a mess of this. I'll let you fling my players under the bus after this one. Or is he, is he like that meme of the dog sitting in the, the fire, sitting yeah. in the cell saying, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, the, the goal, the best, Probably the best goal since that one that Dembele scored after that ridiculous move under Rodgers. Uh, Ross uh, St. Johnson. Uh, St. Johnson with a Rabona from, yeah. from Lustig's. Lustig. Probably the best, uh, I think that was goal of the season that year, yeah, actually. So probably the best Celtic goal since then. It was absolutely tremendous. Shows you, again, look, we last two games in the league, Ryan Christie's went out, he came back in, had a smashing, a smashing game against Lazio, but it just shows you what having a squad does. Frimpong came in, Looks brilliant. And Tom Rogic, I thought he was good in this game. Really good. Some of his link-up play. I thought Aberdeen... I thought, yeah, I thought there was long periods that Tom Rogic was quite quiet. Well, that, that's going to happen because Aberdeen just sat in and mm. they left these big massive gaps between their strikers and their midfield <laughs> mental stuff. But uh, they're obviously man-marking Rogic, but he found the pockets of space and he wasn't creating a lot, but he was making that one pass which created space for somebody else. And that through ball that he plays to El Yunusi, Nobody else in the pitch sees that pass apart from Tom Rogic. We're, mm. we're very lucky to have a guy that, like that in reserve that can come in for these games. That's why I, I don't want him sold by us before no. he's even left. He's a good player to have. Loves playing at Pataudry. That pass through was absolutely majestic. Elianusi gets into those positions time and time again and he's there. Cal McGregor's there. James Forrest comes in. The runs from midfield because Aberdeen are playing this wild <laughs> formation. They couldn't <laughs> handle it and everybody just bangs into each other and we've got three, four players ready to slot at home. It was a great goal. I, I do need to take issue with one thing you said there when you said no one else in the pitch saw, saw the pass that Tom Rogic played. The seven Aberdeen players saw it. No, no, nobody <laughs> else could play the pass. <laughs> because they all stood and watched it, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Is was that good? Aye, it cut out seven Aberdeen players straight <laughs> to Elianusi. And what's amazing to me is just when James Forrest is running... He runs, he runs past four or five Aberdeen players, so yeah. they're all closer to the ball. Elinousi doesn't really make a pass. He does that thing where 
he takes a touch and the ball stops dead whilst holding the defender yeah, off. I think he wanted to follow up himself. Aye, yeah, and it's kind of just sitting there. And yeah. James Forrest goes, "Okay, I'll take it. If none of you, none of you yeah. Aberdeen players want it, I'll have it." Is this but, another fatal flaw in Derek McInnes's approach? Where he spends so much time getting his players to follow other players, they forget about the ball. Yeah, they, they don't yeah, train right, with yeah. the ball at all, just following guys around. As Jamie said, that pass takes out seven Aberdeen players. Yes, he plays it about twenty yards out. How is there seven players <laughs> congested into that wee tiny space? There's a flaw in this. But again, James Forrest, just hit that with your left foot, mate. It's a good finish. It's just a the great, shot is up. Yeah, great run, but he gets on the right foot. And Forrest was pretty quiet in this game, mm. I thought. The second half, he dropped out it and he made a few rash decisions when he should have passed it. But again, the guy just gets goals in big games. And again... What a servant he's been, goals, assists, even when he's not playing brilliant. We were absolutely flying at that point. After this goal, as I said, I just burst out laughing because I could see it coming a mile (laughs) off, just get it out wide and then somebody will come through the middle and take it and score. That's exactly what happened. It's a great image, isn't it? Just pitching Miller, just cackling maniacally (laughs) watching the game. (laughs) You know what else is a great image? Shea Logan on his arse. <laughs> he was on his arse for this goal. He was on his arse for Frimpong's goal. He's absolutely useless. Um, and it must be a bad sign from an opposition manager where you can see their goal. You know when Celtic can see their goal, there's like a lot of g up and a lot of like apologising, you know, Ayer or whoever put their hand up or Foster or like people. When this goal was scored, almost every Aberdeen player involved in this phase of play looked at each other with their hands up as if to say, what? You know, they they had no clue, <laughs> yeah. no clue what they were supposed to do, who was supposed to be following who, an absolute mess. You love to see it. No, you <laughs> do, you absolutely do. I don't want to go too hard on Derek McInnes I though. Do. Uh, no, no, look, we we do we do need to be fair to Derek McInnes. Um, he was wearing a poppy, <laughs> so he's a very very dignified good, good. man. And you know, we're not going to lower ourselves. Hashtag respect, mate. I see you've got your poppy on, <laughs> oh, Stephen, and Melly, yeah. you've got your poppy yeah, on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wear one. Yeah. You know what I've got? It's um, it's lest we forget, right? right? And it's a massive, you know, like a truck, the poppy you see in the front of a yeah. truck, but, but I've got it on my mini. Oh, right, okay. Is that yeah. it? Uh, what? I've got a cannon in the back garden. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a poster up and it's uh, a load of minions wearing poppies saying lest we forget. <laughs> so just, uh, pretty respectful. I've got a, I've got a t shirt uh, and on the front it says, Respect our poppy, <laughs> and on the back it says, "If you don't like it, go home." <laughs> Which I think is fair. I yeah, think, it's and, a, and I think we've done a real good job of marking this occasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not uh, as good as the bears, but no, no. Now we know what you're thinking, guys. Why are you marking Poppy Day on the 28th of October? <laughs> well, it's because that's what the most uh, respectful club in the in the land. And the yeah. Rangers, you might have missed it. They had their Poppy Day always at Ibrox. A very solemn occasion. Very respectful. They shot a massive cannon yeah. into their own crowd's faces. Shooting t-shirts into the crowd from, <laughs> yeah. from this gigantic 15-foot yeah. cannon, yeah. Aye, aye, and that that's how you mark respect. <laughs> anyway, back to this game. The scoring did not... Are you okay, Melly? <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just been respectful uh, in he his just, own he's, way. Uh, he's got tears coming out of his eyes <laughs> for our veterans. Um, <laughs> but the shots did not stop there. Um Celtic finished off the score. Elianusi getting on the goal sheet yet again. A bit of a goal machine recently. Yeah, oh, he sure is. is. Yeah, um, he's doing what he was brought here to do. Um, getting in the end of chances. Another great ball from Tom Rogic. Now, last week, I think it was just last week. Um, I said that, you know, I, I, I don't think Tom Rogic is 
expired as a force for Celtic. I would just like to see him making telling contributions. That's all. I asked two years wrote him off. Yeah. Don't lie. Two years no, wrote him off. That, that's all I asked for was a, was a telling contribution, and, and he absolutely made it in this game. Set up. I was at least heavily involved in both both the final two goals. Yeah, an absolutely perfect ball to just pick it out. And watching that go back, Elliot is having his shirt pulled as well. So yep. in a way, he's almost kind of forced to go to the ground to get, to get that shot off. Just lashes it into the roof. Guy's wrong side him again. The guy ends oh, up in front enough. of him when he scores. It's just pitiful. And these two Aberdeen centre-halves are Scotland internationals. Mikey Devlin played in the two games recently, didn't he? Again, Imagine having to shout at an international footballer, Go side him! <laughs> <laughs> again, Elliot he's very similar to Scott Sinclair in that he doesn't really take players on and affect the game in that way like a winger like James Forrest was he's more of a, a forward yeah. so he, every time there's a goal or a shot he's in that position he might not get it away but he's creating space he's creating a danger he's dragging somebody away and he deserved his goal because it was coming for him as well because he was getting into positions time and time again it was just coming up to half time I thought 3-0 at half time that's brilliant but to get that fourth goal right on the stroke yeah. of it you're thinking this could be anything today. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. We look like we're just scoring it well, and it's they're not even making it hard in the slightest for us. Now, we got four goals, and usually four goals in the first half. You're thinking, or oh, maybe one from a corner. These were all from open play. We sliced them open time and time again. You could watch that first half. Just watch it again and again. It was yeah. absolutely brilliant football. It was a joy to watch. As you say, we scored all the goals, Stephen, yeah. uh, in our first in our first forty five. Uh, I know you weren't too happy about that. I did furious. I did see you tweet <laughs> out from uh, the twenty minute terms. What did you tweet out? I um, said, uh, "You what was it beat the Leicester score from Friday night." Dare you shite bags if you don't? Yes, and, and they was, didn't. So no, you called didn't. the Celtic team shite bags <laughs> on that one. They did kind of take the foot off the get. They probably had a long, you know, midweek away Aberdeen at a horrible time. It was an early kick off. Yeah. You know, nobody likes that sort of thing. Yeah, they well, deserve. They deserve to take the foot off the gas a wee bit uh, in the second just half. Play about a bit. Take Julian off if he's not feeling too great. Get beat on some time. Yeah, it was a virus, make, wasn't it, with Julian? Yeah. Make your other substitute because you've got the bandage. Say Johnny Hayes substitution to come on as well. But look, four 0 if you offer that at the start of the game, you go, I don't know about that, this is going to be a tough game, but to get it in the first half, and look, we pumped those fascist fannies during the week, <laughs> and then we shagged the sheep, what yeah. a week to be a Fenian by the way, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. <laughs> One thing, final thing I would say, is that you always want more goals, oh, don't you? Course. And I'm not just being greedy, because the, this league is tight, it's tight, You need we need as many goals mm. as you can possibly get, and I'm not saying Celtic didn't go out to try and get as many goals as possible, that taking the foot off the gas doesn't mean you just chuck it, just like take the entire half off, but what I would say is, just need to be, and I'm not being disrespectful to these teams, I just mean Celtic need as many goals as they can possibly get this season, because the league is tight and it will remain that way, Rangers are probably going to continue free scoring as well, so need to keep notching them up. Especially keep getting these penalties. There was chances in the second half. I mean, Edward had the free kick, it was a good save. Mm, yeah. But again, look, we got to take players off that were maybe needing the rest. Edward came off, Julian came off. We made the right substitutions again, but it just seemed like we were getting into decent positions in the second half. And because we're 4 0 up so early on, Everybody wants a goal or another goal. As you said, substitutions were made, and it's great to be able to make these substitutions. You know, I, I bet that was much welcome for Julian, knowing that he could only play yeah. the forty-five minutes. Bring on Biton, who's 
trusted lieutenant. Uh, Elianusi came off for Neil Lennon's favourite guy in the whole world, Johnny <laughs> Hayes. Uh, and then Bio got another 20 minutes. Um, you think we've seen enough of Bio to make a, a, a judgement on him? Well, 11, 11 appearances so far. Mm. Not many of them starts right enough. I think it's just the two starts. But as it stands, one goal, one red card, yes. <laughs> albeit a harsh one. Uh, I, I think we just need to... Cut our losses? <laughs> no, no, not cut our losses. <laughs> I think we just need to stick with it just now. Um, no choice. Yeah, no, there's, there's no one else. I think we just need, you know, I hate the phrase, but it is what it is at the moment. I yeah, think we well, just need to use him sparingly and hoping, hopefully he gets his confidence up and, and gets something. I mean, I think you've been very polite. I think <laughs> yeah, well. the, the best thing about Bio is that he gives Edward a rest. Yeah, so well, that's, he, it. that's that's what I'm getting at, yeah. But what I say that, what I mean is, He's a placeholder. He's a warm body. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's someone who has the ability to stand up front. <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've been saying it for a while. I've been, you know, I'm getting Baldy Bangura vibes off him, and some of the touches in this game, Melly, were, were pretty abysmal. Yeah, there was one down in the corner flag where it just hits off his shin. Oh, There's one when he's mate. bearing down on goalie, couldn't he get it under control? Yeah, it just, it's just no dropping for him and. Is getting to the point now where I've I've seen enough for him. Where I think it's not just not dropping for him. It's mm. his control. It's his touches that aren't getting it under control. But as you say, it's the only option. And right now we're beating teams handily enough that we can take Edward yeah. off. If that changes and we need somebody to come on and change games, well, Lee Griffiths back in full training this week. I think so. Hopefully he can get fit and get back to where he was because. If I'm honest, I don't see Bangura being any sort of answer for us. He definitely Bangura? won't be. Home. <laughs> <laughs> they got um, Freudian slip there. <laughs> uh, nah, I know it's. Um, I don't know what the magic formula is. I don't know when you make the decision because well, we can't make a decision yeah. till January. Can we? No, but I mean, what? I, I don't mean the decision on whether he stays or not. Whether what you think of him as a player, because everyone says he needs a run of games. But see, at the same time. Not everybody needs a run of games. Not everyone deserves a run of games. It's but, like, well, that's well, there is like you say, Stephen. Like, so you could look at a player and say he needs a run of games. Now, picking one, I don't know. For example, Zorowski. Mm. When Zorowski came in, a player like that needs a run of games because you can see he's getting in dangerous positions. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's got a decent first touch. He just needs to be a bit more confident and committed in himself. But you're looking at Bayon. He doesn't need more games. Well, he does need more games. But he needs to practice football more, <laughs> well, and, and that's an entirely it's different a, thing. It's a, it's worrying because over the past oh, ten years or so, we are very good. We've had a, we've had a lot of practice and watching really bad strikers, <laughs> really really bad ones. We can rhyme off Bangura, Baldy, Sweet Nadia, Carlton Cole, Sweet Nadia. I mean, we have seen some utter dug meat up front, and Bangura doesn't look any better than. Stop some calling of him the Bangura. <laughs> See, that's it. you put that. Is it me putting thoughts in your head? And Bio doesn't look any better than them. But what choice do we have? No, we, don't, we don't. We don't. We don't want to write off a player too early. But the more minutes you see, you're not really seeing much to give you much hope. But. Still, still plenty of time for the guy. Hopefully, he's got till January. He's going to be needed because we have got a lot of games before yeah. then, and we need him because if anything will happen, Edward, and Please like these, say that. <laughs> and like these games where you can give Edward a rest, he's getting time, so he needs to start showing it. The thing about the the run of games, trainer thought is how do you, what do you base that on? Because he's obviously 
if he deserved a run of games to show what he's got, he would get it. He would, yeah. he would be played. He's obviously in training. He's not doing enough it's to get to get he's not better than Edward. No, but of course not. Is, so. but like, it might seem like a really harsh comparison, but Dewey got 45 minutes. I don't think there's any Celtic fans out there who would still, mm. to this day, say he just needed a run of games <laughs> or even a full 90 minutes. The decision was made then and then. And see if I rocked up at Celtic training, that if I just signed for Celtic tomorrow, I could do an... A, a passable impression of a footballer, but I do not need a run of games <laughs> to prove that I am nowhere near good enough to play in that on that pitch. So you're writing <laughs> off then? Uh, well, probably. <laughs> Stephen, you you said in the group chat again, referring to this mythical <laughs> group chat that exists. Yeah. There was always some good points come up in it. Um, you said he's probably the only Celtic player from the last. 10 or 15 years that you 30 years, I think 30 I years that you couldn't name which club we signed them from no. we signed them from a club called Dunashka Streda in mm, the, right, the Slovakian okay. Super League it's my Slovakian team I should have, should have known that <laughs> so he's from the Slovak Super League and you're thinking what sort of standard a player plays in the Slovak Super League How, what sort of player do you get in there so Slova and Bratislava I'm sure you've heard of them Yeah, yeah. T- top of the Slovak League Rabu Ibrahim. Yeah, I saw that. Do you know what? I had a look at that when the Europa League games were on. Couldn't believe it. 28 years. Yeah, filling out for their midfield. However, they've got a player called Andras Sprozar that they signed last year. Now, if Celtic want to go do a bit of shopping in the Slovak League, this looks like the sort of guy to do it because they signed him from Basel. He scored 39 goals in 47 for Slovan Bratislava. See if we've got contacts out in Slovakia in January. That's the sort of guy. And do you know what we could do? Swap them for bio. <laughs> <laughs> we're just doing a bit of Celtic, a bit of scouting for them. You yeah, know, we've, we've into the, That's free. We've looked at the French unders, don't bother with that. <laughs> Send bio backpacking to Slovakia, and not in a racist way, <laughs> and, uh, and take that guy from uh, Slovan Bratislava, that'll do yes. us. Well, just before we go, just before we wrap up, I'd just like to wish a very, very happy birthday to a certain Wilhelmus Marinus Antonius Janssen, oh, better, no, better known as Vim the Tim. Uh, happy birthday, 73 today. Oh, getting up there. Yeah. I, I absolutely love the picture of him on his Wikipedia. It's like a Rembrandt painting. Ah, the or haunted some painting. Such. Yeah, yeah that's it's right. absolutely sensational. In fact, I might tweet that out after this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sixty-five international caps. I think he, he won the European Cup yeah. against Celtic of all people, uh, and of course managed Celtic to arguably the most important couple of trophies in modern history. Who knows what would have happened had they not nailed that league? Doesn't bear thinking about. Doesn't bear thinking about. Happy birthday, Wim. Hope you've a good one, mate. <laughs> and he listens yeah okay. and, and Wim Janssen does listen and on that bombshell we will wrap up I uh, want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast thanks to everyone who leaves us a lovely review on iTunes you can go and do that anytime you like uh, thanks especially to the people who support this podcast through Patreon if you like the sound of our uh, sales pitch on Patreon um, well pretty poor wasn't it um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash 20 minute tims where all the information is there But most of all, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 